welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, I'm Gareth Barker, and I'm presenting it this week because Stephen's away again. He's always away, isn't he? He's, he's on holiday more than, I don't know. He's, pathet- he's pathetic. Um, but, you know, as long as I'm here to hold the fort and keep everything under control, that's fine, probably. Um, some people might differ in that argument, but we're joined by, that was the voice of Martin McFadden, um, editor of Love Supreme. Hi. Hiya, how are you doing? And we're also joined by Ray Agar, um, who is a writer. Can we say that now? You've written a book? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's written a book called Five Go Mad in Budapest, so he's going to tell us a little bit about that as well tonight before we get into the Shrewsbury game. Another defeat to discuss. It seems like we're talking about one every Monday at the moment, and the lads on the Thursday get to talk about something a little bit more positive. Um, so hopefully bring a bit of a lightness to it by talking about Something good that somebody's done in writing a book about something that was potentially a, on the back of something that certainly brings back memories of better times from before when I was born anyway. Um, so Ray, just tell us a little bit about the book, Five Go Mad in Budapest, what it's about and you know how you came to you know put it together. Obviously, it's a long time since uh, the book is set. Yeah. Well, I was there in Budapest in 1973. Uh, it was uh, fantastic. It was totally different uh, to what it is now. Um, the thing that got me about Budapest was it was behind the Iron Curtain, so we weren't uh, allowed to uh, do this, that and the other. But the lads, there were about three of us who actually went around. We stayed overnight. Um, the big thing about it was the game. Obviously, there were, it was actually a double header. There was uh, Ferenc Varos were playing a Polish side called La Guardia. They were on first, and then we were on second. We had uh, obviously it was the cup winning team with a couple of changes because there was a couple of injuries. Richie Pitt was out for quite a while, um, but um, we were, we were all over them. Um, what happened in the first half was that. Uh, we were too frightened to score, so um, we were we were we weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. And then in the second half, uh, Big Dick put one across, and uh, Billy Hughes nodded one in, uh, and then Danny Stewart scored one of the best goals I've ever seen from a Sunderland player. Sort of weaved his way through the whole of their defence and just chipped chipped the keeper uh, with a. 2-0 victory we just couldn't believe it you know we thought we were going to get battered you know because we'd never been in Europe before we had no idea what was going on um, and um, so that was that and I thought it's a good idea I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do I'll write a book the next time Sunderland are in Europe <laughs> uh, and um, so we went on and under Peter Reid, I thought, well, got my pencil sharpened, you know, I thought we have a chance of getting in here. And then uh, it was that Christmas pudding that put everybody off. And then the second half of the season, they did nothing. Uh, and then um, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a bit uh, getting a bit older now, you know, I'm nearer 70 than 60. And I thought, well, while I've still got a few marbles left, I'd really like to write down what... Uh, could have happened in, in terms of a book. I wrote something for ALS um, about five years ago, the actual factual thing of what happened when we went to Budapest. And I've still got the 
various mementos, you know, like uh, the firm that took us was called 4S Sports. And we got a little pennant from them and uh, as well as photographs and, you know, the rest of the regalia. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it, it was fantastic. So I, I wrote the book um, over about five years. Uh, I was ill in between, so it got sort of put on the back burner for a couple of years. Um, but I just sat down and started writing. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was like James Joyce's stream of consciousness, but with full stops. You know, and um, not in the right place, obviously. So I've had. Um, so I just cracked on, and then I. I it came to a point where I thought, well, I'm going to have to go back to Budapest just to check things out. All right, okay. Yeah. All right. Obviously, just yeah, for, yeah. Just yeah. for research. Yeah. <laughs> See how much the beer is going to yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it was dirt cheap, the beer. Absolutely dirt cheap, both times. So, uh, yeah, my wife actually went away for a few days, so I nipped out, got the plane to Budapest and... Uh, just walked around all of the places that we've been before and it's unbelievable now it's the best european city i've been to you know bar none you know so if you want to go away with your friends for a weekend ideal beer's cheap food's good and cheap accommodation is ridiculously cheap uh, i think it was 20 quid a night in the hotel something like that uh, and I just went round and took loads of photographs of where I'd been. Um, I could remember exactly where we'd been. There's a, actually, there's a hotel, which is now called the Hotel Budapest, which used to be called the Hotel Europa when we were there. And it's round. I mean, it's very modern looking. And it was, it was there in 1973. And the reason I remember it is because I saw the best fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was... Um, there was a um, nightclub on the top and it was um, there was there was this young woman sat in the middle and there was two blokes who obviously fancied their chances and um, anyway all hell let loose uh, I mean to be honest they weren't really punching that much but um, one bloke really laid into the other one and put him through the plate grass window 15 floors up <laughs> Uh, and there was a, uh, I mean, there was a, a well type thing outside, so he didn't go down fifteen floors. But uh, at the, at this opportune moment, the local police came in and said, "You're coming with us, son." You know, and did they catch him? Did they? Well, <laughs> they probably said it was a concentration camp the in two, Russia. The two fellas, uh, <coughs> yeah, the two the two fellas were never seen again. Let's put it like that. But um, no just fantastic um obviously it's supposed to be the blue danube but it was in fact it's gray it's full of muck and pollution um i went um yeah it took as i said i took a few photos on the bridge i went up to the nep stadion uh, this is five years ago when where sunderland played the game it was like the uh, people's stadium it's the sort of national stadium and they were just busy knocking it down, so I thought it was quite an opportune moment, really, uh, to get in there and get some photos. And then I went up to Vazas to see their ground and had a chat with them. 
and they were great you know they were trying to find stuff from 73 but you know I suppose when you've got beaten the first round you don't keep a lot of stuff do you so uh, well you might not if you'd know would never be in you ever again like <laughs> but you know I bet, bet you were pro in the Total Cup like in 1999 and 2000 I was like but uh, I don't think Peter Reid was was he when we finished seventh twice I don't think he fancied uh, don't think he fancied the Intertoto but no. I mean you've had a, you know you've had experience that you know many people of my age you know you've seen us win the FA Cup and then you've gone to watch us play no. you know in European football and I guess you've you know in, by putting it you know into words I guess you can express some of that I mean obviously it says it's a you know events are fictional is it kind of the vein of like the David Peace sort of yeah it's it's fictional but one of the characters is me Right, okay. So, uh, but you exist. I exist, well, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, but it's not mine. I was starting to wonder, like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get here for like That's 20 right. minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you shouldn't live in a posh close where nobody can get to. I've never heard Fence Houses described as posh before, like, so I'm starting to doubt your, your review of Budapest now. Yeah, uh, Grant Ledbetter didn't oh, think it was posh. No, no. <laughs> he grew up here. <laughs> But, so the book's out now, is it available to buy through? I love Supreme. It is, yeah, and, and also Waterstones, like online at ALS and etc. But £10, yeah, pounds, perfect for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've right. we kind of brought a book out for Christmas for, I don't know, the last 15 years or so. And kind of, we were, we were like looking for ideas this year where, you know, like a few books were brought out recently being like political and then the situation in the club changes and then obviously did the Magnum Dictionary. But I think this is this is kind of different to some of the other books that we've done because it's, um, I mean, my my ambition, if, if you're allowed to have an ambition as a Sunderland supporter, is to see us win something, like actually something proper, not like the third division or the second division. And, and, and see us play in Europe. Um, so and I've achieved neither of them, but but Ray has. So I'm probably going to kick his head in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very jealous of this man. But I really like the book. And uh, you know, my, my parents were at the match together, and obviously everyone's got their own personal stories of 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 that day. And unfortunately, it's it's still the kind of like last marker that we've put down in 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 proper football history. You know, it'd be it'd be nice if there was. If there was something else to hark back to, that's that's more recent, but still, nineteen seventy three is the last time we won something meaningful, and it's it still obviously means a lot, a lot to mm. a lot of people, you know. And, and uh, I think it's like an interesting slant on the book to kind of have this sort of f- fiction based on fact, or mm. you know. I'm just thinking about not beating Millwall in that semi final now. I know, which well, is that's really that's, irritating. We were but, we were close to kind yeah. of achieving those two ambitions. Somebody said to you like. You, you've just got to beat Millwall, and you get into the uh, yeah. you get into Europe. Mm-hmm. I remember at the time around that, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. even bothered about. I bet. Well, obviously, you were thinking, great, mm-hmm. you know, and get this book out. You know, you've only had to wait <laughs> fifteen years. But like, yeah, the, you at the time I was thinking, I wasn't even that. I wasn't as bothered about the cup final, getting to the cup final, because mm-hmm. I think we're, we're obviously Man United got the final. I can't remember who was a beat in the semi. Wasn't no, it wasn't Newcastle. Was I think it? it was Chelsea. It was it Chelsea? Yeah, I think there was like two. Two big clubs in Sunderland and Millwall in the last four. So yeah. it was kind of like when they drew each other, I was like, yes, but it was kind of who do we blame? Jason Magatero or, or Cahill? <laughs> yeah. for, for us not getting George there. McCartney, that miss at the end, oh, Thomas hit true. the bar. I think uh, Arga had, had a sort of a bit of a decent chance in the first half. But anyway, 
That was I was thinking at the time. Not I was like, I'm it. not that bothered about the cup final in a way. Mm. I was like more bothered thinking if we beat Millwall, we're going to get into Europe. Mm. Mm. And that was like at the time, you know, with you know, with the stadium had been increased. I think it possibly probably two years before that. Yeah. Um, so it was a a great opportunity. But anyway, we should end. We'll end that bit of the discussion there because we're getting far too depressing, and we're bringing the mood down on what I'm sure is an excellent read from Ray. So. ALS website, Watson's £10. Get it for yourself, get it for your, your family for Christmas, fill your boots. And there's a competition. Um, and enjoy it. There's a competition copy here. If you All right, well, you wanna, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where that's going to go at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. But when we come back after this uh, brief break, if you get one in your ears on Acast, um, we'll be talking about <laughs> from Budapest to, to Shrewsbury in another um, League One defeat. So yes, Shrewsbury at the weekend. Um, I think after Tranmere on the Tuesday, we're all thinking, right, this is it now. Like we're going to get on this run. We've got, you know, after Tranmere, two decent games to get a couple of wins on the board, get a bit of momentum going. And then we we lost the game one nil, failing to score again um, away from home. Um, another away defeat. I think that's four this season of the mm. six away games we've played. Um, I know you were there, Martin. I mean mixed sort of reaction really on you know I watched the game and I was frustrated I think that's the word frustration because it was it wasn't as if we were talking beforehand and it wasn't as if it was like a poor performance even though I did write that into an intro <laughs> on our website and then well, it feels like after the, it feels like <laughs> a poor like, performance yeah. after the game when, well that's it when I, you've I, lost you, to Shrewsbury when you when you lose a game in league one you obviously haven't performed at the, the best of your capabilities if that's kind of like hitting the, the woodwork instead of instead of getting it in the net. Uh, and obviously they defended well and had something to hang on. Actually, I've just noticed that there's an umbrella in the corner of this room. It doesn't make very good like sort of radio, as they say, but it is in Shrewsbury it colours. It is in Shrewsbury colours. Have you got it? anything to say about no, that? No, that was given. It was borrowed. <laughs> borrowed it from was borrowed for Gay a trip, Meadow. for a trip to Manchester a few okay. weeks ago, which... We obviously you got to take an umbrella if you go to Manchester. This is true. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, I mean, when I watched the highlights back an hour after, I was like, "Yeah, how didn't we? How didn't we score?" But at the time when I was watching it, I was thinking, "We're never going to score." But obviously, we created quite a lot of chances, and and they got the goal, which gives them something to hang on to, which seems to be the thing. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, last year we complained about drawing too many games, and then. Now we're complaining about losing too many games, but I think you know it was it was a long time before. I mean, did we even lose four games last year? We lost five. Whole, we lost the, two of them in the last week. Yeah, so like over the whole season, you know, for most of the season we'd lost one or two games, and then and we'd only failed to score in one game, and that was against Barnsley, who had the best defence in the league. Exactly, and there was a lot of draws, and and there's been a change of manager as as well. And I guess if you're going to win more, you could lose a few, but I think losing four games at this point in the season isn't isn't great um it's not like we're we're sort of drifted away but we're you know we're a long way from that 100 points target that was that that was that we've been set you know and a, like how we're about a third of the way well, through the season now forget forget the 100 forget that put that in the bin you, okay. you know, 100 points but um, <laughs> i don't think i was ever really realistic to be honest even if the season was 50 games long i think we'd have been struggling mm. um but i mean as I was saying, Ray, you know, the way we approached the game, you know, you look at the Wickham game, game and it was very, it was turgid and it was pretty, 
you know, an inspiring one-dimensional Tramier game, mm. you know, that played a very different way. And then at the weekend, I did feel as though that we tried to play the same way. I don't know how you saw it, because obviously there was mixed people saying, well, we're dreadful in the game and all this kind of thing. But I felt as though we tried to continue to do the right things in the game to try and win the game. I don't know if you saw it the same way. Yes, I did. Yeah, and I think that's one of the changes that's taken place now that we've got a new manager, isn't it? I think he's more positive than, uh, you know, I had a lot, a lot of time uh, for, uh, the, for the previous manager. I liked him as a bloke. I thought he was dead straight. You know, he's a sort of bloke you'd have a bite with. Um, but I think Phil Parkinson's got the idea that he wants to actually move things forward and make things happen. And I think... In the long run, I think that will be the right thing to do. Um, all he needs to do is find four defenders, you know, and uh, we've well, cracked it. I mean, we've, we conceded one from a set piece against Wickham. We only conceded one at the weekend. Mm. Shrewsbury haven't got the best um, sort of attacking record, but defensively they're pretty good. So I was a bit, even though we'd scored five at, on the Tuesday, I was a bit worried um, once they scored because I thought, well, these haven't conceded a lot this season. Um, so it's going to be tough to I felt as if we'd scored twice in the game before the game we'd probably yeah. win the game mm. um, even if Donald Love was playing for them yeah but I mean the, to be fair to them like the defensive shape in the way they sort of in open play was, was pretty good and when we were trying to play through on the edge of the box it, they seemed to have all the spaces covered whereas against Tranmere you know the, the wingers were coming into those gaps between the lines mm. picking the ball up turning mm. You know, we look at the goals we scored on Tuesday, the people, time and space around the box, that was there then, just wasn't there. So obviously we had to work harder for our goals. But I mean, we hit the post twice, we hit the crossbar. Yeah, I mean, we had chances just go wide. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's, that is the thing that's, if teams have something to hang on to against us, they'll, they'll defend for their lives, yeah. you know. And if people do raise the game against some of them, that's like our problem as well, you know. Um, but I do feel, I mean, some of the, some of the debates that were going on, on on Saturday just amongst the people I was sitting with and travelled <coughs> with was, is this team, I'd be interested to see what you guys think, is this team stronger than the team we had last year, first of all? And <clears throat> and secondly, you know, the sort of the vibe that was, that was there this time last year was a lot more positive than it is now. It shouldn't necessarily translate itself onto the pitch, but but generally everyone everyone seems... A little bit down about the whole thing, and the Tramier result was was the perfect, you know, like kickstart. But like as we found out with something over the years, when the when they sort of just need to follow it up with another with another performance, we don't. I'm sure supporters of all teams probably say exactly the same. Well, I guess it'd the, be like three results in the game, can't they? You know. But the issue for Sunderland is that it's all very well doing that in the Premier League. Mm. We have a good, really good result, and then. Mm. You hope that you get a positive result in the next game, and you, and you lose mm. to a team in the Premier League. You know, going to Bury and sorry, going to uh, Shrewsbury and going to like Wickham and going to Lincoln after you've had a decent result previous. In the case of the uh, Lincoln game and the you know the Tranmere game, for example, and then you lose, it's a lot harder to take mm. because you're not used to it. And I think I don't know. If, you guys think that and that the, the anxiety that's come, I think, on the back of Saturday, and maybe it's difficult to analyse it clearly. I think it's, it's two parts to it is the actual game itself and what happened in that game, and obviously a negative result at the end of it, and then what's gone before 
has put so much pressure on results. And it's funny because people seem quite, and even if we won games, people weren't happy before with the way we played True. and things like that. And then we mm. play, I would argue, I know some people are probably saying, no, we weren't, we're rubbish, but I would argue we tried to do the right things. We tried to mm. emulate the way we played against Tranmere. We didn't achieve it as well. Mm. And we, we, you know, we, we weren't as clinical, but we tried to do it. It wasn't a regression. Mm. Um, and then we didn't win the game. But I would argue we probably played better in that Shrewsbury game than we had in loads of the positive results we got in the last sort of 12 months. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, what do you, what do you think about the um, McGeady as well? That seems to be another mm. another issue that people are saying that even though he's almost skillful and, and gifted player, that because he's because he's, he slows things down and takes a touch and cuts inside and then you know doesn't kind of go for broke, it'd be interesting to see how he's going to fit into this this system. Like, also, would he have come straight back into the team? If, 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 if you know, like, is he is he more effective on the bench? But if you've got a player with that much ability, is it stupid not to play him? But he definitely does stop with the ball, as opposed to like bomb on with the ball. And and we're all about sort of trying to stretch teams at the minute and get the ball forward. And if people are cynical about that, they only need to watch the the replay of the of the, of the Tramier game. I mean, I've I've always felt that with League One defenders, the League One defenders for a reason. And if you kind of get in behind them or run at them, they're going to hate this. And we weren't doing enough under that of that under under Jack Ross. And if that's going to happen now, I don't know whether does McGeady need to change his style of play or be used in a different way. I don't know whether he can. Mm. Do you think he, he's always played the same way, hasn't he? I mean, he, he's not got blistering pace, has he? No. So he has to make up with that with how uh, clever he is. And he is clever, but yes. somehow Phil Parkinson's going to have to use him in a positive way because my perception of Parkinson is that he has a very clear way that he plays, that he wants to play, and he sets a, he sets a team out exactly the same way, each whichever club he's been at. And um, McGeady wouldn't fit in to that system that he's got. Mm. Now... Apparently, you know, when he was at Bradford, he uh, he, he had two wingers, but one of them was like a, an auxiliary fullback because he plays in quite a defensive way. Um, whereas the other one had pace to get down the line and get the ball across. So I, I can't see... It's difficult, isn't it? it McGeady's the one who can give, give you something special. Mm. Uh, but at other times, he could be the one who uh, doesn't track back, or you know, and then there's a problem. Mm. I think he's, you know, he's not been in the best of form this season. I don't think you know his his delivery hasn't been great when he's mm. gone into good areas. The amount of times he's you know scooped you know wide and behind and over the bar when he's tried to put crosses in things like that. But he's still you know he's still influenced games even though he's, he missed the start of the season mm. with an injury, and then he's been. I mean, it's weird how he's ended up picking. Five yellow cards as I say. He started the season. He didn't even start the season for us. Mm. And in fourteen games, he's got himself a. There's no excuse a, really for somebody who never, who never puts many times. And how many? In. And how many? How many of them have been for descent? descent? Well, I mean, exactly that. that's what it used to be like with Seb Larson, wasn't it? You know, quite often, you know, I think seventy percent of his bookings were for descent, even though he, he did put the more tackles in than McGeady, but they were normally 
it was normally his lack of pace that <laughs> meant that he ended up in a foul. But yeah, like it, it was frustrating that he missed that that he missed that game with five bookings where you you could see it if it was Lynch or somebody who's like going through the ball yeah. all the time and you think well eventually you are going to pick up yellows but there isn't an excuse but but yeah seeing people seem to be getting on his back and saying he's been rubbish this season and you know just people around me at the match who were frustrated and it, but it was it's interesting what people to you know what people are saying that it could be he could he could find it difficult to fit into the system. I I guess we'll only I guess we'll only find I mean, out. You know, I don't think he, he will. I think maybe he's just in a in a bit of a average sticky form. sticky patch. You know, and mm-hmm. that's why he's like you were saying about you know the league one defenders for a reason. Well, mm. you know, mm. these guys are league one forwards for a reason, and that's mm. why I'd say you know they tried to achieve what they did against Tranmere in the way they played, but they didn't execute it properly because the final ball wasn't quite good enough mm-hmm. um, because for a variety of reasons um, but I think you know the, the generally I think the way they want like that's what I would have been more worried about that game at the weekend I know it sounds daft mm-hmm. in because of you know we've lost four games and it was against Shrewsbury and we need to start winning but I would have been more worried if it had been aggression regression to that a performance at Wickham and then it makes that Tramier game look like an anomaly whereas really we're trying to play the same way so you know the outcome might be an anomaly scoring five goals but mm. if you approach the game and I agree with Phil Parkinson after the game and he said if we play like that most weeks we'll, we'll win lots of games and I, I think we will No I, I, I agree it's obviously just disappointing isn't it because we're playing catch up already and then if you look at you know someone was saying oh well we, we should have two games in hand but there's a lot of teams that have actually got games in hand to us because of the Bolton and, mm. and, and Bury situation and, mm. and also in the Nationals so if you, if you look at the league we haven't got games in hand to like a load of people actually as it happens you know even though we cancelled those games and we're a third into the season really is it like 40 well actually think, come to think of it actually if um, we might have a problem Bristol uh, Bristol Rovers mightn't we because Lee Blige is I don't know how, how long he's out for so he would be the mm. natural replacement for well he's McLaughlin, been playing yeah. instead of McLaughlin so if McLaughlin mm. gets called up by Scotland mm. yeah we ain't got a keeper mm. is that the next international uh, that's the next international break and that's only t- what well, a couple of weeks away mm. two and a half weeks so they might have a decision ideal. they might have a decision to make there because they might not want to rush him back it depends it was a strain hip flexor or something like that I think he said I don't know I don't, I don't know, know how long to take there yeah I mean he didn't he didn't he didn't look injured I didn't notice him yeah. injured and I was stood behind that goal but um, a couple of lads that was next to me said that he pulled up when he was taking a, a goal kick um, but I, mean, I think that, that influenced <clears throat> the game as well because you couldn't really you couldn't really change things around as much as no. I know we're sort of clutching at straws arguably but you couldn't really make all the substitutions you'd want to because you'd already like use one of at half time for the you know for the keeper you, you couldn't really swap over the midfield mm. which is I don't think I don't, honestly don't think that what what I don't think what they could do from the bench mm. there wasn't a lot wouldn't but have would have done would have changed you know the pattern of play towards the end <clears> of the game it was I just thought if you had so. it, if you'd had a passer on in midfield when we were having like a lot of possession we might have got something more out of the game you know because obviously power and Dobson are more you know athletic and and like on it whereas there was people on there was people on the bench who could pass the ball better than them but 
I think the style of play that I mean that's another thing I don't know what you guys think but I think the style of play that we're playing it makes me wonder where Ledbetter is going to fit into the plans as well you know because he he played him at Wickham obviously as club captain mm-hmm. and then he was he put him in front of the to protect the defense and he was ju- he was jumping he was jumping for like the high balls but obviously if power had been there he would have won a lot more than than Grant Ledbetter because it's 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 not really one of his strengths is it like because of his height you know mm. um i think it's been a little bit dis- like I feel a bit sorry for Grant Ledbetter really in a way it hasn't really you know, if we'd gone up last season, mm. you know, he, he could have gone great. Like, I've achieved what I wanted to, really, yeah. no matter what happens after that. Now, personally, feel as though, you know, it's just the game's just too, like, even at this level, it's just too quick for him. He just gets past, he just passes him by yeah. when he's in there, and it's, it's a bit of a shame. Mm. But, but, I, I mean, feel like you do better actually in the championship, and the same with McGee, you know, it's like. Maybe, I don't know, maybe. I mean,. McGeo doesn't release a ball quick enough, I don't think. But I thought I thought Power actually had a pretty good game at the weekend. I thought he wanted wanted the ball all the time. He was trying to drive forward with the ball. He was asking for people to show for it, and you know I thought he did all right. Um, but obviously tomorrow night or Tuesday night it depends when you listen to this. Oxford um, in the League Cup last sixteen, another chance. Few few games from you, Ray. You know. It could be per- perfectly tied in. There might be a se- yes. there might be a sequel to be written. I was going to say it'll be another book. Yeah, there's a yeah, sequel no. to be written in that yeah, one, yeah. which you take. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of. Does does he keep going with the with the vast majority he's got, or does he? Because we've played. You know, we're. I think we're playing a lot more high intensity game now. We're mm-hmm. doing a lot more running, mm-hmm. whereas before it was about moving the ball, controlling it. You know what kind of changes. Do you think he'll make Ray? Um, I think he'll just stick. He'll stick with the same system. It's a question of which bodies he puts into it, isn't it? I mean, he's got a. As I said before, he's got this system that he's very. Uh, as when I've spoken to the lads from Bradford, they said they didn't. You know, they could more or less pick the team every week because it was the same system, <clears throat> and he got them playing really well. Um, I don't know whether he'll. Uh, it, McGeady's available. Will he play? Uh, probably. Um, Gooch is out, and yeah, what, he can't probably play Watmore again, can he? I think mm. he'll play Watmore. Do you think? Yeah, I think he'll want to win, won't he? What Watmore? I thought when he he's the best he's been for about two and a half oh, years, yeah, isn't definitely, he? Yeah, yeah. I guess we're we're playing to his strengths as I well. Just worry it's, it's, it's a lot of football for him. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. I think he was sore after the um, after the Tranmere game, so he probably wasn't going to be. That pitch of the weekend looked like a pudding as well. Aye, it, it was wet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of floods on the way down. I think yeah. it'd be like raining a lot, but mm. yeah, it'd be interesting to see what because. T- because, I mean, arguably, if he'd drawn his first three games, we would have got the same amount of points mm. and he would have been unbeaten and there wouldn't have been that much pressure going into this this game. We've got, you know, like, we've got a lot of cup games coming up, haven't we, in three mm. different cup competitions, which are all kind of like a bit of a interruption to our league programme. Mm. And I think if we'd, <clears throat> if, if he'd been unbeaten in his tenure, he, he, he might have been, I think he might have played like a, a lot of a lot of lads who haven't been getting a run out 
But then at the mm. same time, Jack Ross did that in the previous rounds and would be Premier League teams. Yeah. So it, it, it mm. kind of shows that I think within the squad, there's a lot of much of a muchness, you know, it's just kind mm. of whether you think power should be played instead of this player or whether you think O'Neill should be right back or we should actually play a right back or right back, you know, or like there's a lot of opinions. I don't think there's like that many standout mm. players. I think there's a lot of, which which I think was proven in the in the Burnley game, in the, in the Sheffield United game where oh. the people <clears> who came in Performed just as well, if if not better. I you guess know? you could put in, you know, you could put McLaughlin, Ozturk, um, Flanagan, yeah. and uh, Debock, and then you could mm. have Ledbetter and McGeoch, mm-hmm. um, probably McGeady, McNulty. So mm. you know, that's a fully changed side, really. Um, well, we've got about twenty-five mediocre players, haven't we? <laughs> well, yeah, you know. League One level. We've got twenty-five League One players. Yeah. Whether the, I mean, there's not that many who are a lot better than any of the others. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. So you can't no, this is turn this. it over. And the, what, the the ones that you that have got like, suppose it a bit more quality. They're obviously a little bit older, so they haven't got like the legs. You know, the mm-hmm. likes of of Ledbetter and and mm-hmm. McGeady. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I think he's obviously got to work out what he thinks is his, his strongest eleven. But but then against Oxford he's, he's obviously not going to play that you wouldn't have thought he's, he wants to keep people fresh for the for the weekend as well and there's a lot of games coming up isn't there there's a lot of midweek games coming up uh, you know, yeah I looked and I think yes. there's only one week in the next about five where we haven't got a midweek game mm. but as I say I've just came Most to mind that Cups aren't there yeah, apart from the Burton one I think that Bristol that Bristol Rovers game could be in danger I think because if, if, if Burgess Injured, they can't they can't play that game because no. we'll end up with I don't know is it Anthony Patterson I think the keeper I mean, I mean and I the under twenty threes have won one game in eighteen months or something so <laughs> although if you only get one call up then we can't cancel it you know well you'd think Flanagan and McLaughlin will get called yeah. up uh, both McLaughlins would get called up Greg might get called up he's playing more regularly um, so the, yeah know, that did surprise me the fact that Greg didn't even get in he there. hasn't been in a few. Uh, the squad mm. so he's never really played for Northern Ireland like as much as nah, he seems to favour he seems to favour even when he was scoring a lot of goals he seemed to favour McGuinness wasn't it from uh, mm. and Lafferty, Lafferty uh, yeah. obviously um, and uh, um, uh, Boyce the lad from Burton seems to be getting a few games there as well he seems to, those three both seem to be ahead in the pecking order um, mm. for whatever reason that may be maybe just you know maybe just want the way he wants to play probably doesn't yeah, one big man up front, isn't it? Like yeah. the way he was, and he was playing five yeah. at the back, wasn't he, when they were qualifying for tournaments? But it is, you know, it's a, it's good to be in all the competitions, and it's good to, you know, it's, it is enjoyable having a lot of games, but it just gets it gets a bit fatiguing mentally, doesn't it? They, you know, they, they don't want to lose a game tomorrow night because... Yeah, then he's like lost people, three out of his and, first and, four, and also yeah. it's against a team in our division... Um, and it's a good opportunity to progress as well. Obviously, yeah, you but know. they're in good form. Oxford, like, I think. Mm. I was looking at. I think in in the football league at the weekend, I think they had the most shots in the box on any team. I think they had twenty two shots in the box at the weekend, which you know, and they'd scored a lot of goals recently. So, for I mean, a defend, if a defence like ours have been pretty shaky, mm. first game of the season, the, like although we played poorly, they yeah. they did actually look. Yeah. Sort of solid and functional, yeah. didn't they? And they scored through a daft mistake as well, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a a tough game. Um, 
and you know if we get through hopefully you know it'd be nice to get a home tie against a, a Premier League team or something maybe that or Crawley <laughs> and then we'll get the semi-final hopefully and then you know and we'll get beat by Millwall yeah, well, they're, they're out fortunately we'll oh, probably get beat by Crawley in the uh, well you don't get in the Europe do you for finishing the, in, in the finishing runners up in the League Cup so you know that's alright but but yeah so thanks very much to um, to Ray for joining us um, and you know I'm sure a lot of people will get themselves a copy of uh, Five Go Mad in Budapest for themselves or for their family for Christmas, £10 from um, the ALS shop online and at Warston's. Yeah. Just just to say that uh, all the uh, all the money from the books is going to Impact Northeast, okay. which is uh, a charity which deals with children and families with mental health issues. So Great. it's not just the fact that you're actually, obviously, getting a Sunderland book you're actually helping other people by contributing to the charity great excellent so an even greater cause to buy it indeed and uh, one more thing from us as well should have mentioned that for- forgot about it we're doing a a live show first one in Sunderland for ages actually mm. yeah um, for like a, a year over, or so. it's probably over a year yeah um, we're doing it at Faustal Coffee this time they do sell beer not just coffee so don't worry about that that was part of the deal um, yeah and it's to celebrate it could be on the night depending on how it pans out or it might be a little bit afterwards but the 500th episode of the Wise Men Say podcast we've been doing this for nearly 7 years now um, so yeah 500 episodes we thought why not let's let's have a show and celebrate the fact that we've we've got that far and we've seen a lot as we all we've all seen a lot together in in in, five, mm. in you know in five hundred episodes, probably seen um, too much. Yeah, definitely <laughs> seen too much of League One. Um, so sleeves, Stephen Elliott will be joining us, um, and it's a five five pounds for a ticket. Um, the tickets go on sale Tuesday the 29th or tomorrow morning at nine a.m. So if you listen to this on your way to work, get yourself at your desk, get settled in with a drink and buy yourself a ticket for a fiver. Um, you can get the tickets if you go to wisemensay.co.uk and follow the, the link we usually use where you got tickets, which is what we're using again if you're familiar with buying them from there. So if you go on to wisemensay.co.uk, um, you'll find the ticket and link on there. So that's fiver, and it's on Friday the 6th of December. So it's a Friday night one. Usually we do them sort of a Monday or midweek, so, you know, all better off that night. I mean, what could happen after that, I don't know. So there'll Could be a lot of drink. Away. Yeah, drink will be ta- <laughs> drink will be taken. I would have thought. So yeah, Friday the sixth of December, Wiseman say five hundredth probably episode live at Faustor Coffee with Stephen Elliott. Five pound a ticket. Get yourself on wisemansay.co.uk tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, it's probably only about fifty tickets. So you need to move fast if you want to get involved. But I think the lads will be back on Thursday um, with Frankie. Uh, to preview the South End game um, on Saturday. We'll be in the fan zone as well, obviously, on, on Saturday as well, so come and say hello. And, yeah, we'll, me and Stephen should be back on Monday if he hasn't got something else better to do, which He's he always seems to do these another, days. Another Every night Martin's on, I feel like Stephen isn't. <laughs> so I don't, there's something... He, only, something he did only ring us yesterday. Um, he only rang us yesterday and said, oh, I can't do it now, I forgot. Mm. But I know he, he is legit. He's be in Scotland, hopefully listening now. So, thanks for joining us again. Um, get buy the book, buy a ticket, and we'll see you next time.
Thanks for listening. <laughs>